Welcome to Tomorrow. I'm your host, Joshua Topolsky. Today on the podcast, we discuss Squirrel Girl, murders, and off-roading. I don't want to waste one minute. Let's get right into it. Well, we did it. We made it to the next show. This is very exciting. It's really difficult because we cease to exist when the show isn't recording, just so everybody knows. Yeah, I mean, people don't realize this, but um, I just sit in a dark room in a chair and, and sob for the, all of the days in between. With uh, relief, because I don't have to <laughs> record a podcast. I'm like, thank God. Tony, Tony, the pressure is off. Tony, has got he got what he wanted, and now I can rest easy. Oh, man, I'll tell you. I'll tell you, buddy. It's quite a world we're living in, quite a time we're living in. I don't know if you've seen what's going on out there. The days start coming and they don't stop coming, as a as a wise man once said. I think the lyric is actually the years. What's the difference at this point? <laughs> it's true. It's true. You know, I like how I'm like a I'm a Smash Mouth lyrical expert. I'm like, um, actually, excuse me, but uh. Yeah, in their uh, seminal 2000 release. I don't know actually when that song was released. It's probably way later than 2000. You answered the call reciting Beatles lyrics, and now we've moved on to Smash Mouth. So, I mean, it's fitting, you know. The they've taste got a lot. jumped out. They've got a lot in common. They're, uh, you know, the most important bands of their generation. Anyhow, there's a lot going on. This is a big week. This is a yeah, crazy a week lot. for news. I mean, I can't keep track of it all. What should we start with? Should we talk about the great Twitter hack of? of 2020 the greatest twitter insurrection ever just an injustice these these filthy unverifieds thought they were could talk shit and run around and throw a little party without us so here's what happened so last night well this is we're recording this on thursday you'll probably listen to it on friday wednesday night uh, a bunch of account, major Twitter accounts started tweeting stuff that was like, I'm doing a Bitcoin bingo or something like that. You know, and it's like had a link to some weird Bitcoin scam. And the first one I saw was Bill Gates. Bill Gates has like 51 million followers on Twitter. And I was like, oh, shit, like Bill Gates got hacked. And then it was like, oh, Elon Musk got hacked. And then it was like Kanye got hacked. And then it was like Joe Biden got hacked. And then it was literally like every major account. Except they did not get Trump. Which, you know, raises some questions for sure. Um, but uh, so so here's the crazy thing is that all of these big accounts got hacked and people were posting these like messages like, um, you know, these, Bit- these Bitcoin scam messages. But what's really crazy to me is that Twitter's way that they handled it was they stopped every person who has a verified account, a blue check mark, from being able to post on Twitter for like <laughs> for like a couple of hours. And NBC News had to make an alt account. Yeah. And like and like, so this is the crazy part. So that meant that every major news source couldn't post. Or it report that, on this. Or report. It meant that every politician in at least certainly in America, but obviously many around the world couldn't tweet. 
it meant that there are services. In fact, people were talking about there's like this in, in Kansas or somewhere, there was a tornado warning and there's the like their weather service was like posting updates on the tornado warning and it was verified. And so that thing couldn't post. So if you were on if you were using Twitter for some reason, like to get information, which why are you doing that? But I mean, it is I mean, Twitter at its best is actually this amazing real time information machine at its best. Right. And that's a very usually a very short utility and short window of time. But for something like a tornado warning, you know, Twitter is actually quite useful. Um, and and so anyhow, it just raises this like insane question. So the first thing is like, obviously, you know, we're still unraveling what happened. Vice has a motherboard did a really good. They got some uh, some inside uh, an inside sort of line on what happened. It apparently involved a Twitter employee or maybe multiple Twitter employees who were, I guess, like paid off to be to have some access to their to their like console uh granted to them but like what's crazy is that apparently twitter uh employees have some access to accounts where they can post like take them over and post on them like yeah, they basically have like a god mode yeah which like i guess they can just do whatever they want which is seems like a very bad idea very bad planning it, it, it seems like i don't know what the state of like dms are. are they encrypted like can they read people's can they just get into people's dms like twitter's security at the moment seems to be as strong as their weakest willed employee yeah which is nuts and so and so so there's this coordinated you know attack using an inside person but what's really crazy and and i mean i'd say scary if like I thought the most important thing in the world was that like Twitter exists. But what's sort of insane is um, like that's the only thing they could do to stop this was to turn off Twitter for like half of its users or something. I mean, it's not half. Maybe it's let's call it like 10% of its users, 20%. Um, like that's a that's not a good solution. That's like, that's like, let's like, I see a virus on my computer, like a thing pops up and it's like Viagra. Like, I'm like, Hey, I didn't, I didn't click on this. And like my, instead of like me trying to like remove the virus, I just turn off my computer. You know, I mean, it's like, I unplug my keyboard for the computer. I'm like, well, I don't, I'm just going to have to let this play out. You know? I like, mean, it's, it's funny up. because like it, Twitter used to be, I don't know how many Tony, I don't know how old you are, but Twitter used to be just constantly down. It just never worked. Yeah, the like, fail whale. For like five years, Twitter didn't work. And it's a nice reminder that like for all Twitter is acting like it has graduated and it's a big boy company. And like, you know, they're like the place of like record and like the center of all conversation. Like it still is duct taped together and d does not work because no functioning service that's like well designed and has a clean back end and a clear reporting structure within their corporation has to like shut the entire thing down. Like it, it's, ugh, it's so embarrassing for them, but it's also very concerning because like we have outsourced basically like our news reporting and like public communication and like, you know, media discussion really has been completely outsourced to this private company that isn't accountable to anybody and whose like security standards are completely whatever they decide that they are. Um, and that's concerning because like something like this would never happen with email or RSS, you know, cause it's yeah. not like a centralized thing to sell ads. Right. No, it's, it's, it's really crazy. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, I just don't, um, you know, uh, 
I just think Twitter has to reckon with now like a serious, they have to really look at like their entire ecosystem and figure out how to like start from a completely different place. You know, like I think that they're the, the questions that this raises and also like honestly it raises questions about our, our, um, you know, our, our reliance on things like Twitter. I mean, I've said for a long time, like Twitter in many ways, like honestly would be best as like a public utility, you know, this concept of a real time, uh, you know, information network is like very useful. But I mean, Jack has flirted with and talked about like decentralized Twitter or like, yeah. you know, open Twitter. And if that had been the idea from the beginning, I think we'd be living in a very different society. Like, I like, you know, that meme where it's like a space age picture and they're like, uh, you know, like society if verifieds could never tweet again. Um, yeah. but I actually do think we'd be living in like a better state of things if we had some level of like if this was some kind of decentralized service because it's less vulnerable to hacks it's also less um it would incentivize people to create tools similar to like email spam collection like email is pretty good for all things considered of like if i was to describe to you how email worked you'd be like that'd be so easy to game but for the most part email my gmail works reliably and yeah. I think that's because, like, each company has – there's competition, and each company is incentivized to, like, create a better experience. But Twitter is just incentivized to, like, get advertisers to value it or, yeah. like, investors to value it. Well, the incentives are – yeah. I mean, it's, like, obviously – I mean, of course, anything that's ad-driven, the incentives, there's always, like – especially with social media. I mean, there's always, like – it's not, I mean. But Twitter doesn't have a responsibility to be like, here's the product design people who are thinking about, like, and talking with ethicists about, like, what's the best user experience and how can we have a positive impact on the world? Like, journalism is advertising based, but we have a wall up that says, like, the ad people are over here and right. they're doing their thing. And right. we, journalists are over here considering what the best, like, utility for their readership is. Yeah. I mean, of course. Social networks don't do that. No. I mean, their their goal is like maximize views, maximize exposure, and maximize like proximity to, um, you know, to content that is good for the advertiser. You know, I I don't think that I don't think that that's like I don't believe that Twitter was started with the kind of idea where they were like we can't wait to like turn this into an ad supported network. You know, I but don't. even if Twitter was a completely private thing, I feel like I'd feel better about it if it was like YouTube where it's like, I mean, somebody tweeted this yesterday, but it was like, YouTube is a place where you get popular and they pay you $100,000 a month to post. And Twitter is a place where you get popular and your life is ruined if you keep posting. Yeah. <laughs> and like, no, it it's true. The, the people who are the people pe like pe users of Twitter have no incentive other than like continuing to be popular on twitter mental illness yeah <laughs> like like i mean like well, i'll be honest with you like obviously like i post a lot of stuff from our sites that you know content i'm like i'm not really like i i mean there was a period where i was very active on twitter like i wanted to engage more and like twitter's gotten so bad and so ugly and so such a like a such like a messy place to be that like now I'm sort of like, yeah, like I'll, I'll post some stuff I'm interested in. I'll post some like political stuff once in a while if I feel really strongly about it. But I've like greatly reduced my like interest in like what the actual like discourse on Twitter is. And I think Twitter used to feel like a big giant 
chat room, but now that's Slack. And now Twitter just feels like I'm, I do tweet compulsively because I'm broken. Yeah, you have a problem. Yeah. It does feel like sometimes people treat it like their, their public press release on every single thing that happens. And it's like, you know, Todd, we weren't really looking for your statement on the like Iran situation. <laughs> like well, we didn't I mean, need like you to post your official opinion. Um, and it, it feels like it's less, it has less of a utility to me now even though i'm still using it compulsively obviously yeah no i mean yeah i mean look we're as i do think like journalists and people in the media industry are stuck with twitter in a way that normal people aren't yeah like well of course i mean we're talking to tony tony probably is like twitter is not an essential part of tony's life well i've been like i've really am like imagine Similar to like Slack. Sometimes I talk to normal people and I'm like, well, Slack. And they're like, what, what is that? And I'm like, oh, it's this giant chat room where we talk shit. Like, I don't know. Like, How do you explain like, Slack? Like, what? But imagine you're a regular person. And you don't need to be on Twitter. Like, why are you there? This is, of course, the argument I make about the rich people. I'm like, you're JK Rowling. Okay. You could do whatever you want with your time. You could be anywhere you want to be. You don't need the fame. Twitter will not bring you more fame. It will yeah. not make you more relevant. Like maybe it, people will be like, oh, she called Trump Voldemort or whatever. It's like, cool. But like <laughs> in the, you know, like, like literally that's what, that was what JK Rowling's Twitter presence used to be before yeah. she went full t- into full turf mode. She was like, people were always like, she's like, he, re-, you know, JK Rowling was like every four days was like, he really is Voldemort. It's like, okay, great. <laughs> um, and like, that's nice if that's what you, how you enjoy using your time. But why? I mean, God damn. If I had like, how rich is J.K. Rowling? A billion dollars, and then gave some of it away, so she's like technically not worth a billion dollars, right? Um, but probably to like murder trans people charities, right? Wow. So. <laughs> I mean, so okay, so wait, so yeah. Anyhow, so it's like, I think of all the okay. Let's say she only has nine hundred million dollars, nine hundred million pounds, or whatever it is. You know, um, I just feel like. There are so many things in the world, so many wonderful things to experience. Like, there's no way that that she's done all of them, and now the only thing that she can experience is like writing, like like responding to trolls on Twitter. You know, is it is that possible? I think at a certain point, you you get um, you get a little bit like it, it's a public platform she probably can't have normal conversations with regular people and she can't engage with like the public discussion the way that any of us can so she probably is like compulsively doing it like it's feeding some sort of psychological need that she doesn't get from like day-to-day interactions with other people but i do think that like you have that amount of money let's like find another solution you want to get like into games dreaming or maybe you take like a walk or you know maybe we become a youtuber who does bread recipes but like posting your opinion on every single thing ever just waiting for someone to be upset by it if you're not being like paid to do that seems like a very bad idea all of twitter seems like a bad idea especially in the wake of this hack it's like i don't know like probably not great that the like president of the united states main vector for communicating information is this private company with like completely arbitrary security standards that someone could have just wrote like you know kill north koreans on t- trump's feed and no other hack and then been really like you know sneaky about it 
And it would have taken a long time for us to be able to prove that Trump wasn't intending to like start World War Three. You know, you know, is Twitter is Twitter a necessity? I don't know. I think we've come to rely on it for certain things. Uh, and I don't know. I mean, like given this hack, which was like so it seems like so easy to pull off and so complete in its like destructive nature and so like hard to stop that they had to basically like turn off a whole part of the fucking website feels like twitter needs to take a long hard look at what's going on over there i don't know it feels like it's just like the whole platform is just built on like you know some it's like a nest i mean have you ever seen a nest made by a bird i mean it's a great it's a great analogy since it's called twitter but like, you know, nests are made like birds will put all kinds of fucked up shit at a nest. Like it'll be like, you know, some twigs and some leaves and then there'll be like, you know, maybe like a bottle cap and, you know, some just like it kind of feels like that's what how Twitter was built, you know? Yeah. Like it's like bits of things stuck together and then they're like, we need to squeeze gifts in there. Yeah. And now we're going to, you know, create like some they, kind of lists. Like we don't have an edit button. I'm guessing it's like because they just can't, <laughs> you know, yeah. they're like, they're we like, just can't. But we would have to unglue all this stuff, and we yeah. don't have a hot glue gun. So, They're like the the thing to put the edit button in is underneath the bottle cap that we stuffed into the nest, and <laughs> so we're really going to have to just not do anything with that. Um, anyhow, so yeah, so Twitter, so then, it, so look, I mean, after a couple of hours, they like seem to get it under control, um, which you know is fine, um, and uh, you know I'm happy for them. Uh, but it's still like, it was a very strange thing, uh, to watch just mainly because, uh, it just made it so clear how vulnerable these systems are, just how mainly because we're like hurtling towards an election, like in probably the, 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 the villain of which has like centralized Twitter and using this private company more than probably has ever been done in American history for any public communication service or like outlet of any kind um and so that's unsettling that like twitter security is super easy to socially engineer your way into yeah i mean it's sort of like i don't know i mean on the one hand i was like oh man i hope trump gets hacked but then it's like well do i you know because it just is further proof. I mean, so what's going on with Trump's account? Like, either these people purposely avoided it, which raises questions. Or... I think, yeah, I think because the legal implications of that are very different than they are of hacking Elon Musk. I mean, I guess so. Like, if you were to get caught hacking the president's Twitter feed, I feel like you're going to get a little more heat on you than even, like, a presidential candidate. Right. Yeah. I guess so. Um... I don't really know. I mean, I don't really know. Do, is is the president's Twitter account considered like legally something special? I mean, it does have special legal considerations for things like he can't block American citizens because he's, you know, preventing them from seeing public communication. Right. From their like public legal representative. So. Right. I, I don't know if other. But I don't think I, I think, you know, it doesn't necessarily need to be that the law is written differently. It's that like it is enforced differently when you have like the secret service and CIA and FBI at your disposal. Right. <laughs> things, are a little, things are a little different. Yeah. I mean, I guess, um, that's, I guess that's true, but you know what you, what you can't get under control. 
uh, I feel like you're going to tell me. A buck and bronco. Oh, yeah. Well, this is a big one this week. The uh, the bronco, the new 2021 bronco was uh, unveiled. There have been a ton of leaks around it. Um, and for those who don't know, it's funny because my, my dad asked about it last night. We talked on the phone and, and he's not like a car guy, really. Um, and I think like they did a, they did a really good job of like making it a thing. Like people seemed like everybody seemed to be talking about it. But the thing about the Bronco is that, um, the, uh, the, the, the old Broncos have become very valuable and very collectible and they're very iconic. They're like a very, very iconic type of truck. It's like a classic American truck. And they're they're really distinct looking. I mean, the original Bron. I mean, the old Broncos. I, know, that, from like, I hate it because I love old Broncos, and I've always yeah. loved old Broncos, and now yeah. everybody does. Yeah. Well, I mean, now everybody does, and I think what's interesting, like here's like what I find interesting about the whole thing is that I feel in the wake of Tesla, more auto companies are starting to um, release the concept car, like. I, I, which is like a thing that I've always been super confused about when it comes to um, the automotive industry, which is like they're always like they show these concept cars at car shows, and you're like, wow, like that's so awesome looking. I want to buy that. And then they release a car like a few years later that is like a garbage, watered down, lame, boring version of that vehicle. And it's like, I feel like they've started to figure out that people don't want like a regular. Like they want, like they, there's a certain segment of the audience that wants the concept. And I think the new Bronco is like full concept. It's crazy, right? It's like, you can detach like the doors, you can detach the roof. It has all these interchangeable parts. The styling is super weird, like extremely unique. You know, like it truly looks like, uh, no other truck that is on the market right now. Um, you know, it, it, it's like, it has a ton of different trim levels that are all sort of like mapped to like sort of what you're going to do with the truck. Um, and uh, you know, so it's, it's like, it's like pretty wild then. So, okay. But you know, obviously the, so this truck comes out, people are like, wow, this thing is really awesome. Then, you know, there's a, everybody's kind of like, well, what the fuck? Like, why didn't they do an electric version of this? Why didn't they do a hybrid version of this? Cause like, they definitely are, these definitely are like kind of gas guzzlers, you know? I mean, they're definitely like uh these these are not trucks that are trying to be not big gas guzzling trucks like they're like they're very american in that regard um and so 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 then anyhow we we stumbled upon some some user interface stuff that was floating around the internet uh that we did a little digging on and we found a ton a huge amount of um UI videos and pictures from the from the touchscreen inside of the Bronco and these are like these are like as far as we know right now like these graphics are the graphics they're using in the car they actually show some of them in one of the in one of the official Ford videos the really fucking awesome very neumorphic very much like Jack wrote this piece for us a few weeks ago about neumorphic design in in the new um uh, Mac OS and and it's really, really prevalent in this um, design for the Bronco. It's very distinct. It's really cool looking. Um, but in that design, it also shows, uh, it makes mention of and shows graphics for this thing called, um, what is it called? It's called EV training, EV coaching, EV coaching, which is what uh, Ford uses in other cars that have hybrid models for its like 
how well it's handling like the hybrid engine, the electric part of the engine or whatever, how well it's doing with like the, I guess the, um, the mileage, the, the mileage of it. So, so anyhow, so they have it in these videos that we have now on the site in, in a, in a post where you could see all of this interface stuff. And also you can see that like, it appears like they're kind of confirming they had, they had mentioned the CEO Ford had mentioned, um, that there would be a hybrid version of the Bronco coming and now it looks like based on the graphics that we found, like it actually is real. And that's really fucking cool. I think like it makes this way more attractive, like to me personally, like now that I have an electric car, like I don't, I mean, I put like a reserve on one of these just because I'm like, well, you know, like in a year from now, maybe I'll want a Bronco, but like if there's an EV version or, or, or a hybrid version, I mean, that's just like game over i mean if they did a full electric of this like i would 100 percent. that would be my next car yeah that would be my holy grail that would be like my holy grail for buying a car that was when i would be like i need a car and like why not do it like why not can they not do it like can they will an an electric i think there's definitely engineering struggles when you have that unique of a car trying to do that unique that many unique things yeah all the off-road features and stuff i don't know how much of it they could i mean the interchangeable doors a lot of the stuff i mean evs have to hide a lot of battery power right like they have to stuff it in a bunch of places that's the other thing is yeah and and if you're trying to keep the price it's somewhere near sanity you've I mean, it's it's the triangle of like quality, how fast you can do it, and price. And I don't think that you're able to pull all of those off for an EV that ambitious just yet. But I do think a hybrid is a great place to start, and it means that in a few years, when you know if the car becomes popular and like it comes to scale and the price for EV stuff and some innovations happen, it means like it is in the cards, and that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's a really cool, like I'm, I think it's a really cool looking truck. It looks like something from like a sci-fi video game. Like I'm excited that I feel I like. I feel like it's more realistic than like a cyber, the cyber truck. Like it's a real thing you you would want in your life. Yeah, I mean, it looks it looks a lot like the like the old Bronco. I mean, it, and that's like a good thing. I mean, the old Bronco was really fucking cool looking, yeah. and there's a reason why they've become so valuable. Um, but you know, I I it also looks like a modern vehicle. Like it it is somewhat reminiscent of the stuff that like a long time, maybe in 1999, I want to say like Ford did this stuff where they did like a new version of the Thunderbird. And it oh, was I like, remember that. It was like a super modern version of the Thunderbird, but it looked, it kind of looked like the old Thunderbird too. I mean, I thought those were interesting. I think they were like really ambitious. I think they were ahead of their time in some way. I don't believe they did very well as, um, as far as, uh, you know, like sales goes. They also, there was also it, this, it, it was, it was no Mustang. There was also this Chevy truck. What is the name? I feel like I was just talking about it in our editor's room recently. Oh, the SSR, the Chevy SSR, which is a crazy, uh, there's actually one in my neighborhood that I see every, every so often. The, it's like a, it looks like an old style pickup truck, like the kind that had like the rounded hood and stuff, but it also looks like a weird future car. And it's like, it's pretty cool. (laughs) Like I'm kind of into it, but I feel like in many ways, the um, Bronco is a better version of of this concept, which is like, let's take something that's really old and recontextualize it and bring it into like the now 
and really make it like reference directly the great Broncos of yesteryear, but or the great cars of yesteryear, but also be something completely original and something completely sort of unique. And so I think, um, anyhow, I, mean, I feel like I'm like sitting here gushing over the 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 Bronco and like it, in many ways, like it is the kind of car that when I was younger, when SUVs were becoming a thing, I was like, fuck these stupid trucks, fuck SUVs. Like this is such a gross, like uh, it's such a gross, like they're so like bad for the environment and they take up like a huge amount of the road and they're sort of like, you know, and I, all that stuff is still true. Like I do think n- we don't all need trucks. Like I think we, we live in, like we live as if like we all need trucks but like we don't, you know, and I do think like increasingly I would, I would love to see it. But here's the reality. Like these are okay. If we start doing, making like hybrid and electric versions of them, like, like what's horrible about trucks is they get terrible gas mileage. And most people don't really need a massive vehicle because they're not actually off-roading. But if you suddenly take away at least like the implications, like the, the negative implications in terms of their um, like carbon footprint, it does become a little bit less like of a, of a, it becomes a little bit less like of a struggle to consider purchasing one or, you know, leasing one or whatever. You know, I think it's just like they are, there's something kind of gross about it, but I think we're also in a time when people have pulled back pretty hard from like making these like big gestures, these big like macho gestures. I, I also like, I don't know. I think the nostalgia is pretty rich with this one. Like it, it, uh, that's it really, what worries me though, is that I think we might be, hurtling towards an ev pt cruiser and that will be the end of my well sanity. i don't think the pt cruiser is i don't think that's due for any well, actually who knows i mean maybe, who maybe. knows this 2000s culture is coming back they're trying to all cling on to their most iconic brands the pt cruiser is um a hearse yeah i, I don't it's a hilarious <laughs> it's a hilarious car um i don't know if they're gonna bring that back i hope they don't honestly but um, anyhow, so the Bronco, you know interesting miss? stuff going on. What? I miss um, definitely unsafe. But do you remember when they would make station wagons and then they there was extra seats in the trunk that would face backwards? Um, yes. There's a name for those seats. Super not safe. Definitely not safe. Well, no, dude, the Tesla has that. The, the, the Model S, uh, when I first looked at it, they're like, oh, yeah, we have this optional thing where you remove like it's like you remove like the trunk and instead of having a trunk, it has two seats for kids that face out the back of the car. How, is and it, how could the, how, what? it's, it's apparently very safe. They claim. Yeah. Hold on. Like if you, let me just like, I'm just gonna Google this. Real they claim Tesla, it's safe. Model what? S back seating. Hold on. Kids. It just doesn't feel like it could ever be safe. Yeah. Bystander seats Tesla. Okay. Hold on. Yeah. Here it is. This is, yeah, rear-facing seats, suitable wow. only for kids. Consumer Reports wrote about in 2013. Only um, for it's, kids. Yeah, it's 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 nuts. Like, it seems really not safe. Yeah. I mean, they're literally like they put seats in the trunk. I mean, I, I don't mean, know any other way to describe it. It gives me flashbacks to, like, when I would go to Florida and my cousins would get in, like, the back bed of a pickup. And I was like, no, don't do that. Yeah. Now, here, look, I'm going to send you a... Uh, I send you a picture here. Hold on. Uh, one second. One second. Where is where is our chat room? I don't know if this will work. Did that work? Yeah. <laughs> it's really crazy. I don't know. That doesn't seem right to me. 
Doesn't seem right to me personally. Yeah, no. That I, that looks to me like you're about to launch that kid into space. Uh yeah, I mean, I don't know, but I guess if it's approved by the whatever agency it needs to be approved by, apparently like I don't know, I'm seeing now like I'm looking at stories, apparently there's a lot of like somebody like called the cops on somebody for like putting kids in the back seat and like they came and they're like no, this is a legal thing that we do. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It is like they're like really like they're like in like where the glasses and stuff. It's like to me, it's like putting a kid like ahead of you on at the front of the car. That feels weird, you know, mm-hmm. but I guess most accidents happen like at the front. Right. Yeah. I think most accident like the, the least safe seat in a car is the passenger seat. Right. Like it's not the back seat, the rear seats. It's not the like apparently trunk seats. It's not the driver's seat. It's that passenger seat that has, like, so many airbags attached to it because of that. Yeah. That's why I always put my enemies in the passenger seat. <laughs> I'm like, Ryan, why don't you ride shotgun? Anyhow. All right. What else is going on? What else happened this week? I feel like there's other stuff I'm not even thinking of right now. Well, everything is cake. Oh, right. The cake thing. <laughs> the cake thing. I get it. People love surprise there's a thing if you haven't if you're not aware if you're not on the internet and frankly tony god bless i I know you're on the internet you're not you know you're just like jk rowling you can't stop can't stop posting um i yeah there's this thing this is a hot trend which i think i feel like i've seen for a long time but somehow like during lockdown these last you know this these last few months it's just gotten it's really picked up steam and now there have been these videos that have been going around i think one is a tasty video and then there's and then people are like leveling up and it's like uh these are all cakes and it's like things that are so disgusting to think of as cake like oysters there's one that's like oysters and they're like shiny or uncooked chicken yeah uncooked chicken it's like it's like i'm I, first off i know they all taste like shit i know it it's like in if the cake tastes bad they're then, all fondant yeah f- exactly if the cake tastes bad it doesn't matter if it's cake wait i'm sorry hold on what have you seen this Henry Cavill thing? Yes, I've been tweeting about it, and I posted it in our Slack. And I this is fucking wild. <laughs> uh, Henry Cavill is building a PC. Why? Why <laughs> as does, like a thirst activity? Does he even like know anything about building a PC? He's like so muscular. Sorry, I got i got sidetracked during our podcast here because i saw that henry cavill was trending i just glanced at twitter in the background and i'm like oh boy what's happening some like snyder cut news and henry cavill's building a pc yeah uh for he's just he's in a tank top he's in a tank top and he's like really like beefcakey i mean henry cavill's obviously very beefcakey i feel like he's like more muscular than usual i don't know how that's possible like he seems more muscular than he normally is He's probably got nothing to do all day. Actually, maybe he's just getting a little chunky. I can't tell. I don't know. I like it either way. Which is fine. Which is fine. Either way. I mean, he looks good. He looks huge, though. Like a very yeah. large man. I don't know how big Henry Cavill is. Like, I'm going to find out he's actually like 5'5 five, five or something. But, um, yeah, here's the video. What is this for? Me. Wow. It's a long video. He's reading instructions. This like goes into the evening. He built like a gaming rig. Oh shit, man. Thanks. Celebrities. Fucking celebrities, man. Celebrities during lockdown. Just losing it. <laughs> Just losing it. 
Somebody's like, we should talk to Henry Cavill about doing something completely stupid too. <laughs> Henry Cavill. Henry Cavill migrates data from an iPhone to an Android phone. <laughs> like, it's like, hey, do you want to like, uh, do you want to like, ta- do you want to review a electric scooter for us? <laughs> do you want to review an e-bike? What is he doing? This in a hotel? Like, where is this taking place? No, it's probably in like his like weird. Like, you know how every celebrity is quarantining in like a cottage. Yeah, he's definitely in a cottage. He's British, yeah. right? I think so. Right? He's, he's some a- kind of UK. Yeah, he's like in. He's like in. He's like on an island somewhere, like in, off the coast of Wales. Yeah. Uh, Wales is an island, I believe, isn't it? No, it's not. Hey, Google, is Wales an island? Pretty sure it is. We're so dumb. Oh no, it's just a little wedge. No, it's just a little wedge. <laughs> I hey, know Google, nothing. <laughs> I know nothing about. I, I, well, if like, anyone, if it, if Earth. any of the Brexiters listening to this are mad, um, I'm looking. I'm lo- I'm looking at the map right now. I'm looking at the map right now. I mean, it's it's on the coast. It's a coastal area. I can tell you that. Yeah. I watched Gavin rate, and Stacy. I know things. At any rate, there's an island. There is an island near it, and that's probably where Henry Cavill is. Okay. Um. So anyhow, like, yeah, we should definitely get him to like, you know, choke uh, me out. Wow. No, but I was gonna say what's interesting about it is just the unbridled uh, eroticism that's being thrown around here concerning Henry Cavill. People are like, people are like, all of the memes are like people like. They're just really, really highly sexual memes, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like men, women, everybody, all across the the spe- gender spectrum and the sexual sexual orientation spectrum. Um, people are like, just put your cock in me, like, just <laughs> <laughs> everybody, everywhere of every persuasion. We've all like, been locked up for so long. We're just like, <laughs> yeah, we found the one unifying, like conservatives, liberals. <laughs> You know, Marxist, like the one, it's like Diet Coke. It's like that brings everyone together. We're just like solder us, baby. Sexual Diet Coke is how I think of Henry Cavill. As you know, I say that about Diet Coke because Kellyanne Conway, I don't know if you remember, you know, I'm sure you remember. In the early days of the outline, we did a great story. Diet Coke is not killing you. And Kellyanne Conway tweeted it. And and I was like, wow, this is great and horrible. It's like... It's like uh, you you made a wish on a cursed monkey's paw that yeah. someone famous would share the link. <laughs> yeah, I was just talking about. I was just talking about this with Laura. We were talking about the um, you know, it's like the the wishes. It's like the Twilight Zone wishes that are always like you're like, I wish I had a billion dollars, and it's like you know, um, everyone like, you know dies and you're, leaves right. you a billion dollars. You're like bar- you're like buried with a billion dollars, or like yeah. you know. The dollars, like you, like the dollars are like from a, they're like dollars from like a board game, and you're like, yeah. I don't, you know, like they're sand dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's just some twist, you know. You're like, ah. But uh, wait, have I'll, you been watching the new Twilight Zone? The second, nah, we we watched out? we watched some of it. We watched some of the first season. I didn't watch. We didn't finish it. So I, I frustrating. Was, it's very uneven. It was very uneven. The first, very season. uneven. And there's a lot of money being thrown at things that I'm like. If you had spent like 20 minutes, maybe like take a lap, take a quick shower, brainstorm for 20 minutes, you could have come up with something slightly better. You know what I mean? Like they're all very undercooked. And it's sad because I love Jordan Peele and some of the actors involved are incredible. Yeah. But it's, uh, listen, it's on CBS All Access, but it's no The Good Fight. Let's put it that way. 
I don't watch that. I know you don't. Uh, I watched The Good Wife until the, all those characters I like died, and then I was like, nope. <laughs> I'm out. Oh, hey, what is this controversy? Speaking of Henry Cavill, what is this Army Hammer controversy? He's like doing sex pest stuff on in the DMs. Do you know about this one? No. Yeah. I don't know. I, think... I heard that him and his wife broke up because of Black Lives Matter, but maybe that was a cover story. What does that mean? Because of it. You mean they he's like, like against they it? Had like, no, he was very pro. Um, on you think he was married to somebody? Media. You think he was married to somebody who was like, I am against That was Black the Lives rumor. Matter. And that same rumor went around about Kelly Clarkson. I feel like Army Hammer and Henry Cavill are like fairly interchangeable. See, that's how I know you're straight. Um. Well, I mean, they have like no. I mean, okay. They're they're beefcake Kimbos. Yeah. There's another guy. There's another guy. Uh, the guy from Fifty Shades of Grey who is even more interchangeable with Henry Cavill. What is his name? Oh yes, totally. I uh. You can't uh, remember because he Christian Grey. No, that's not his name. His (laughs) name is it's something like. uh, Wait, don't tell me. Wait, Him and on. Dakota Johnson had like a feud going on for years. Yes, yes. It's it's Fifty Shades of Grey starring Dakota Johnson and Henry Cavill. Uh, <laughs> Damien Christian. No, it's something like he was also a murderer in a show with Jillian Anderson. Jamie. Uh, Jamie. Jamie Dornan. Jamie, Dornan. Jamie Dornan is the guy. Jamie Dornan, Army Hammer, and Ken, Henry Cavill walk into a bar. Uh-huh. And everybody, everybody has sex with them. Everybody <laughs> says triplets of Belleville. <laughs> I mean, this is this is great. Imagine it's sort if- of like it's like how Katy Perry and Zoe Deschanel like bought the same head. Wow. Yeah, I see it. I get it. I was just thinking about how like I think Terry Crews, who I believe has been canceled for like having really bad opinions. Yeah. Um, but Terry Crews, I think, is like into mechanical keyboards. Like. I'm fairly certain he's like a mechanical keyboards. Like, Celebrities are a weirdo. lot nerdier than they're just like us. They're just, they are just us like was, us. Us was right. They're just like us. I wonder Haunt who Terry. which celebrity is collecting video game hardware like me. It's, could Tom Holland and I bond over the game.com? Yeah, dude. Fucking Terry Crews. Wait, did he is he into mechanical keyboards? Wait, he also did a Wait, hold on. Oh, you're into mechanical keyboards? Name five of their letters. I <laughs> know. <laughs> oh, somebody did a thread. Terry Crews' mechanical keyboards, which is really good. But I think that he's also into them. Unless the, I, Maybe I just saw this I thread. Know, doesn't Tom Hanks collect typewriters? Uh, yes, he does, actually. That's the um, pretentious version of being into, more pretentious version of being into keyboards. I thought it definitely is. I thought he really. Why all... are all the himbos invading our space? Uh, I was supposed to be. That was supposed to be something I could do for them. And now they're doing I, it themselves. I know. Um, yeah. He was building a big gaming PC here. He even did hashtag PC master race, which is like crazy. I find the term, I find the whole concept of PC master race to be really bad. And Do you think they're getting paid by like Intel? Yeah, I mean, maybe. Although it would have to say here. I mean, I mean, I feel like. I, maybe they're just nerds. Everybody I likes think, VR. I feel like Terry Crews is like legitimately into this stuff. I've, I don't know why. Anyhow, it's sad because he's been, he's been canceled for, he's like against Black Lives Matter or something. I don't know the whole. 
the whole deal yeah. with it. He always has opinions that are like a little askew. You're like, oh, that's her take? Okay. Yeah. Uh, In any event, Barry Weiss has left the building and Henry Cavill has entered. Oh, my God. We're not going to talk about Barry Weiss, are we? No. You want to talk about Christopher Nolan's Tenet? I mean, what's there to talk about? It's being, I mean, it's not being released. It's being kicked down the road again. Um. Yeah, I mean, Tenet, they had this, they had a trailer and it was like, you know, it, the trailer was like, um, you, you know, in theaters in August or something, like really like definitively, like provocatively, like we're going to be in theaters. John like, is shocked every time. And he always points it out to me every time the commercial says only in theaters. He's like, did you hear that? Did you hear what it said? And I'm like, it's not a mistake. They really think they're going to release this film in theaters and people are going to go. Yeah. Only in theaters. I mean, anyhow, needless to say, with coronavirus surging again in the United States, Tenet will not be released in August or whenever the fuck it was supposed to be released. Um, you know, it's it's a unsurprising. Um, I'm excited to see it, but you know, like, not excited enough to die. Like, no, I'm sure it's got. I'm sure it's got a great twist, but like, is it worth like spending several weeks in the ICU and being hooked up to a ventilator? I don't think so. And honestly, it's going to be on HBO Max in what three weeks, like a couple months, like whatever it is. They're not gonna do the normal like takes the dvd until next february to come out thing just yeah. wait anyhow i don't know i don't have a strong opinion on it i mean it's uh it's like a guy who can like do time in reverse or something like i think that's cool like i think that's like a good like we should all have something like that in our lives who can't you know i'd love to have a superpower if you could have a superpower what would you have what would your what would you, if you could only get one superpower what would it be i have thought about it but i feel like i need to reevaluate hold on Really? You have to like go through some notes or something? I because my instinct is always super strength because I want to be able to like help people in some like actual way that I'm not able to as a person right now. But right. John always says flight. I think invisibility is the creepiest option. Anybody that picks that's a real creep and you're about to say invisibility. Not at all. I have one that's even more creepy. Ooh, I like teleporting. Mind control. Oh, you always go with mind control. It mind is control, su- super creepy. It's mind creepy. control. I don't would be like the, it. Mind control would be the best. I mean, that's where your head goes. But mind control would be a very, very powerful superpower to have. Yeah, absolutely, it would. I just wouldn't want to be someone like I don't want to activate my magic powers and then I'm just like making people do things for me. I, I want get to win it. their it's, love it's, with my strength and my rainbow powers. Well, I mean, I mean, if you're using it for. You know, if you're using it just to get people to fall in love with you, I think it's you're definitely I guess, using it. But even if I was to get money just by being like, give me that money or like, hey, you guys all vote for this candidate. I don't know that I could sleep at night. Right. I mean, I could have prevented Trump. So I mean, you could do a lot with it. You could do a lot with it. Yeah. You know, like, I think it'd be a pretty great superpower to have but i also understand why you think it's creepy i mean i guess like or like immortality could that be see i always said i would like immortality if there was like an like there was a plug i could pull when i was done because i definitely want to be immortal and invulnerable and all of that stuff but i there is going to be a point like during the heat death of the universe death becomes her style where you're like i want to be done now (laughs) like i don't want to be here anymore um and i think that's like the curse of that 
you want to be like a vampire where like an end could come. You just know it's probably not gonna. Yeah, I guess. But isn't there all there's always something right? There's always there's always a catch. Yeah. But that's why I like teleporting because it just kind of saves you some time. I think also I, I would like a power that was like hyper specific, like can freeze water because I also think there'd be kind of fun to come up with ways to use it like a Rube Goldberg machine. You know what I mean? Like my favorite thing when I watch those like teens with superpowers shows or even like just regular superhero movies, I like when they get real creative with powers and you're like, oh shit, I never even thought that you could, you know, like how like secret mutants end up being Omega level that didn't start that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I guess I kind of know what you mean. Uh... Like Squirrel Girl, her power is to talk to squirrels, but she's just super creative with it. So she ends up being like Omega level mutant because she's just like really good at using squirrels to get whatever she wants done. Wait, is Squirrel Girl an actual mutant? Yeah, she's the most powerful mutant. What do you mean she's the most? What do you mean? Like Squirrel Girl is in the X Men? Yes, she's the most powerful mutant of all time. How does that work? She like defeats the concept of God at one point. Um, because what? she's sort of a parody character, but she's basically a game that the writers play where that she they only have that one power that she can talk to squirrels, and they have her use it in such creative and fantastic ways that she always wins. But you're always like, how the fuck she's called the unbeatable squirrel girl? Um, uh, and it, it, I love that. I like think that that's super fun, and I kind of feel like if I had a superpower and it was just like can produce cupcakes from thin air, to figure out how to use that to get whatever you want is so great. Well, I'm gonna have to look into this. Is there like a graphic novel I can? Yes, there are. I feel like I'd be bored if my powers were just like Superman powers because then, like, you know, what's the point? You I'm could just do anything. Squirrel girl, right now. Wow. So she's the most powerful uh, mutant. Well, she's a Marvel yeah. character. So, uh, right, she's a Marvel character. Uh, 1991, the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. How did I not know about this character? She's phenomenal. No, wait a second. Her initial appearance was, her original outfit was really bad. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, she's got like short shorts now, I guess, or something, like with a squirrel tail. She, Does she like, actually have wasn't. Like, does she actually have a like a tail? Is that like an actual tail, or is it like part of the costume? It moves as if it's an actual tail in the yeah. comics, but I don't think it's like defined. during Squirrel Girl's first encounter with Iron Man. She provided the detailed demonstration of her powers and abilities: a furry prehensile tail, roughly three to four feet long, sizable buck teeth, strong enough to chew through wood, and superhuman strength and agility that allows her to easily jump between trees. Her fingers have sharp claws that assist her with climbing, and she possesses retractable knuckle spikes, roughly two to three inches long on each hand. Most importantly, she can communicate with and understand squirrels, but does not communicate with squirrels telepathically. I have to send this to Laura right now. <laughs> uh, she, she always wins. She always is like has like a, a wave of squirrels behind her, or like they've got like a plan that they. It's just it's great. She's fun. Um, this is wild. I really, really want to read some Squirrel Girl comics now. <laughs> right? I'm like blown away that this is a character that exists. I mean, um, squirrels uh, have also been depicted as understanding her when she speaks in English. Uh, later appearances have revealed additional abilities possessed by Squirrel Girl, including heightened reflexes, which she dubs as Squirrelgility, and vision. Her <laughs> eyes have been seen to glow red in low light situations. And she also at times displayed an enhanced sense of smell. Squirrel Girl has also revealed that her lips taste like hazel- hazelnuts. This attribute 
has since been retconned by unbeatable Squirrel Girl writer Ryan North. Okay, cool. She is a superb hand-to-hand combatant, combatant capable of taking down Wolverine in a one-to-one no-claws fight. Okay, wow. That's insane. <laughs> she also has That's a utility wild. belt. I Known mean, as her nut sacks. Yeah, she's, she's got nut, nut sacks. She has snacks <laughs> that she gives to her squirrel friends. Known as nut sacks. Um... This is fucking nuts, man. Well, at any rate, I'm going to get some the the. I'm going to right now. I'm going on Amazon. This is great. I'm glad that the, I'm glad that Tony is is tuning in to hear us do like learn about Squirrel Girl and do some shopping. <laughs> <laughs> it's a valuable. She stuff. is the most powerful hero in Mar- Marvel Comics, but doesn't say officially Omega level. But you'd have to assume. Wait, where do you see that? Let's see Marvel database. <sighs> Sounds like a bunch of bullshit. What's the? Uh, I guess I could download this on my Comicsology. Um, so she really has those like weird buck teeth, huh? Like a squirrel. <laughs> when you said squirrel girl, I was sort of imagining like maybe like your whole thing with like she wouldn't actually be a squirrel, but she had like squirrel. Oh wow, you can get like a you can get like a squirrel girl fashion doll toy. She seems pretty cool. The unbeatable squirrel girl beats up the Marvel universe. This is a book. This is her <laughs> defeating every person in the Marvel universe. <laughs> Like literally, there's a pile of Marvel characters, and just like her like, and Dark Phoenix, and like Squirrel Girl is wild. She's metal. She's I don't know, man. She's a crazy character. Sorry, I'm just like reeling from the existence of this character in the Marvel universe. I they got to put her in a movie, right? Yeah, no, it's been talked about for a long time. They got to. I mean, I would definitely love to see a Squirrel Girl film. Squirrel Girl film, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm here for it, as they say. Well, okay. Let's let Tony go. <laughs> yeah, Tony <laughs> deserves to be free from this absolute insanity. Um, all right. Anything else on our on our on our bucket list on our list? Uh, not talk really. about. Tell me something good. Oh, you want to hear nice things? Yeah. All right. I got. I all. I have. I don't have a lot of nice things. I have been having extremely bad back pain. With it has made my arm tingle. And it turns out I have some kind of arthritis in my spine. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, it's good stuff. I love to be an old person. And um, anyhow, so, yeah, like, I got steroids for it. And uh, they, I've taken them for one day, and they seem to be helping. And all I can did say you take is, like ten times the dose. Yeah, I yesterday. did. I did. I got these steroids, and they're set up. It's actually crazy. I didn't know. I didn't know they they do this because I've never had them before. Um, it's like a five day run or something, or a six day run of 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 these pills, and you're and they give you like there's like six on day one, and five on day two, and four on day three, etc. And so like the first day, like for some reason, like I got them later in the day, and and I thought like the doctor was like take them all. And like, I thought he meant like, take them all at once, you know, like you're supposed to take the six, you're supposed to take like six steroids, like one with breakfast and then one with lunch and then two at dinner and then two before bed or whatever, however it works out. This is like the first time I did legal edibles and I ate the whole package. (sighs) No, that's not good. I told, I, yeah, I took the first six at once and, um. I was pretty nauseous. I don't mind telling you. I got, but then, and then I started bench pressing things like a crazy person. Yeah. I was going to say, that's how you got your superpowers. That's how I got my superpowers. I took too many steroids. Um, (laughs) like anyhow. Yeah. I'm just like, I'm just like Bane. 
Um, uh, yeah. So I don't, my nice thing is, is so my arms tingling a lot less today and my back feels better. So my nice thing is prescription steroids. Western, Western medicine. Western medicine. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just happy to be getting to solving, to solve, you know, hopefully working towards solving my problem, which is very uncomfortable, but I actually think has been, uh, I think that like being at home and sitting as much as I've been sitting has, has contributed to it. Like, I feel like I'm not a big, you know, I'm not, I'm not a big exercise person, but I do think like I was doing some exercise when I was commuting and like going to the office and going to meetings with people and going on walks with people to get coffee and like normal stuff you do. And now it's almost depressing that I thought I was out of shape before. And now I've like lost even that. Yeah. Now, you now you know the truth. I'm just like sure. I'm a slug creature at this point. Yeah, that's exactly how I feel. Speaking yes. of, um, yes. I've been watching a lot of television. <laughs> um, and there are so many new kids on the block. You know, you got your quibbies, you got your Oh, peacocks. I thought you were talking about like the uh, characters, all of the new kids on the block from the band. <laughs> You're like, I've been trying to figure out. I was like, I haven't heard I heard about these new kids. Donnie, <laughs> Danny, Joe. Those are definitely like some all of them. Great guys, and nothing will go wrong. Definitely um, good guys. Anyhow, there's a lot of streaming new kids. There's a lot block. of HBO Maxes, and I oh, think there's that a that's, lot. Oh my god, that's very nice for them. Yeah. You know, like I, I'm happy that Quibi um, is quibbing along, and I hope that Peacock the app works. At is it? Some point. Is it? Is it quibbing along though? I think it's like quibbing out. <laughs> Let it quib to its death in peace. <laughs> it's 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 a death quibble. It's experiencing well, its death quibble. I went back to the old reliable Netflix and Mm -hmm. I found a series that I love. It is executive produced by George Clooney, which Mm -hmm. I, you know, made me suspicious, but in fact ended up, it's great. It's called uh, Trial by Media. And it is about like court cases that have played out in public more than they really played out within the courtroom. Well, this is sort of like the, um, the the Italian girl, what is the thing they did about the Foxy Noxy, Amanda yeah, Knox. Yeah, yeah, Amanda Knox. Yeah, that was interesting. Well, this is interesting because I know about a couple of these cases. I don't know a ton about them. I mean, the first episode is about the Jenny Jones show murder. And I knew about that because I knew about like the gay panic defense or whatever. I don't if you've never heard of it. Um, it's an episode of the Jenny Jones show where um it was like a secret crush revealed, and this guy came on and a bunch of his friends were there. And it was like, which one of your friends has a secret crush on you? And it was a gay guy. And the guy was like, I'm not gay. And he was like, okay, well, I guess we'll be friends. And that was kind of the end of it. And then a few days later, he shot that guy a bunch of times in his home. And um, wow. And the defense was, but he was so panicked that people would think he was gay, that it's not murder because it's involuntary to get that upset about something like that. And basically it created a precedent that like, you can be panicked about someone else's sexuality or gender and then murder Mm. them and then that's Mm. not murder Mm. um yeah it checks out it's very interesting and this whole series is like either cases i've never heard of or stuff that i kind of was aware of like the rod blagojevich thing we were like okay i know the basics of this but i actually don't know like how we shook out the ins and outs or like the juicy details and it really goes into like the role of the media in shaping these discussions and how Sometimes it's for good and sometimes it's for bad, but in general, it's just totally avoidable at this point. And our legal system isn't built to account for the impact and influence that media has. And uh, I mean, when you look at how like the law is completely 
not ready for technology. And we end up having to do these like convoluted metaphors for things. Like we always talk about the bookstore and that's a pretty good metaphor for what we're talking about. Like when we say, you know, Facebook doesn't have a responsibility to show every single piece of content. They have the choice to like curate some of it. We talk about that in like a metaphor of the bookstore. Those legal metaphors just like aren't very strong. And they like, they, they, the law hasn't really like caught up with TV, let alone like the internet. And so it's, it's an interesting case study in like reflecting on how we really screwed up the 20th century. Um, and especially in the nineties and like a good, primer for how probably screwed up the law is around social media and we just haven't even caught up with like we don't have no accounting for it yet like we're not we're so in it we can't really see it like court tv you were so in court tv that it felt like a serious thing and now you look back and you're like well it's probably not good that like at the commercial breaks of like legal proceedings nancy grace weighed in like that's probably not a net good for society that everyone was watching a court like a courtroom testimony right as as like must see tv well Um, court tv is definitely a deranged idea but like we at the time that didn't feel that deranged like it felt like funny that like oh there's a whole channel where you watched court drama but it felt like you know we're all adults we can watch this responsibly and it's like you don't even the the act of watching something changes it and like yeah yeah we we weren't ready to account for it yeah also like i mean i watched like the menendez trial you know the two the menendez brothers and i was like young yeah and it was not shit that i a young person i mean maybe I this is more on so my parents much, than anything else but i like, watched so much oj simpson shit when i was like five years old that's like wild yeah yeah um john benet ramsey like i knew who that was and i knew she was murdered like that's crazy i should not have known that but the internet's way worse, obviously. Like, not to be all like worried about the youths, but like, kids see shit way earlier now with less explanation and less context. And I don't know. So it's a really good series. I would say to people, it's six episodes. They're each an hour long. It's an easy like quarantine binge. Um, obviously, I've been on like a kind of a true crime kick the last few weeks. I keep bringing it up, but it is a good new spin on it. It's not just like. You know, who did this rape? And then we spend an hour hearing about how this corpse was raped. It's like right. you actually like there's some like level of like discourse and 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 uh, and disagreement. And, um, you know, you can walk away from it and have uh, John and I walked away from a couple of them having completely different opinions. And it was kind of nice to disagree with somebody. And the other person you're disagreeing with isn't like a Nazi. They just like have a different nuance to take on this issue than you do. Um, right, right. So it's a kind of fun to watch one of those every night. We've been watching one a night. Um, in general, nothing else in my life is good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. Well, I think, look, on that note, on that very cheery note, um, we got to wrap up. But, Let's uh, go. Let's get out of here. I got to ride off in my Ford, my Ford Bronco hybrid into the sunset. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go do a murder. Goodbye. Well, that is our show for this week. We'll be back next week with more tomorrow. And as always, I wish you and your family the very best. And I've just been told that your family has been offered a tremendous Bitcoin opportunity and they're taking it.